Hi everyone, and welcome to the After Credibles, the movie discussion podcast where the least credible people you know discuss everything in the world of cinema. My name's Charlie Rogers, and today we are making a glorious return to the podcast in order to give you a little bit of fun and enjoyment during your social isolation period. And helping me do just that, we have Alex Conway and Nick Allen. How are you both doing today? Yeah, yeah. good. Thanks, Charlie. How are you? All right. Yeah. Given the circumstances. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm sure most of you listening to us today don't know much about the podcast, so let me give you a quick introduction. We are the After Credibles, the movie people with the least credibility of anybody that you know. We started this podcast about two years ago, and we made episodes semi-regularly, but <laughs> but it was only casually. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to say weekly, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> But we only made episodes casually, and it's probably been about a year since we last did an episode. But as we sit here today, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Yes, it is April 2020, and unfortunately, many lives around the world have been affected by COVID-19. And for those of us lucky enough to be safe at home in isolation, but with not much to do, I think it's never been a better time to restart the podcast back up and just give a little bit of fun movie discussion to anyone who's interested. Usually we talk about a specific topic like the latest movie release, but today we're just going to take it easy and chat about how our viewing habits have changed because of the social isolation and how it's affected what movies we've chosen to watch. So with that, Nick and Alex, welcome back to the show. How has your social isolation experience been so far? Fine. Like I'm just busy with uni, so like shit, nothing's changed. Yeah, Nick? it's super dull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've found that, um, my, my viewing habits haven't changed a whole lot, although we did watch Outbreak the other night. Classic. Yeah. Um, so we might see a bit of a run of pandemic themed movies on the horizon, but I think like, if anything, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but you know, like the concept of like, uh, being like paralyzed by too much choice. Yes. Yes. So like oh, that's Netflix. Netflix is so good for that too. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think like since Netflix and like since video on demand streaming became so mainstream, um I think that's something that people have really like it's it's become a thing and it wasn't yeah. really a thing before. Um but I think if anything this whole um situation has made that like way worse because we're at home all day every day and Although it seems like a great opportunity to like catch up on a bunch of movies and TV shows that you have you've been meaning to watch, mm. I've I've actually found it like really difficult <laughs> to make a choice on to how how to spend my mm. hours and hours and hours of free Fuck time. It, I'm going to watch Rick and um, for the fifth time again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just talking to like some of the people I know, I, I know that people are on their like fifth rewatch of The Office and stuff like that. It's so strange how people choose to. To spend that, and I'm not judging them for that because we're all guilty. Judge away, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, like so. So I always fall back on a couple of shows as well. So mine are usually uh, Mad Men or Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I tried to make it a goal of mine to not fall back on those while I had you know more free time. And it was really difficult. Yeah. Like for this podcast, I started looking at the shows that. I'd watched on Netflix. So I went to Netflix and I was like, you know, recently viewed or keep watching. And so many of them were all these shows that I'd watched for three minutes and then just given up. Cause I was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm actually not in the mood for this. I don't want this. And then you, I just, I just happened yeah. for 10, 10 shows a day. What's your go-to Nick? Yeah. Nick, what's yours? Sorry, I was just having a drink of water. Um, what, um, what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to um, shows? Because Charlie said like, for, for um, rewatching, was it Mad Men and Brooklyn for Nine-Nine? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I I, yeah, I really, really try not to fall back on, on rewatching stuff. I just, I've always thought that there's too much being made in the world to 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 go back and rewatch to to I not waste time but for me personally I don't get as much out of stuff watching it a second time obviously there are some things that I that I have watched multiple I've watched Jurassic Park probably hundreds of times but um <laughs> I I did I have recently been going back through and watching 30 Rock ah uh, yeah um 30 Rock's good that's a that's a really good yeah yeah it's you can dip in and out of it really easily like we haven't we've sort of been oh, okay. going through it in order but um been jumping around a little bit and i mm. i haven't watched it with m before i watched it years ago um yeah and she never watched all of it so it's sort of watching something that you've seen before with someone who hasn't seen it for the first time is like i guess almost like a new experience but um yeah. besides that i really i really try not to uh, but yeah, otherwise I, I I try and pick something I haven't seen before. I've been watching regular show a little bit for the I've never watched that uh, before, nice. so been yep. watching good. a bit of that. Yeah. Alex, what about you? Do you have a fallback show? Uh, sometimes like yeah, Thirty Rock or Parks and Rec are always sort of simple and easy to go to. But like I restarted Mind Hunter again oh. last night for like the fourth time. Oh, nice! And I know what happened. I know what happens, and I just, I don't know, it's just a good thing to just, I don't know, zone into. Similar to Nick, I actually uh, went through Mindhunter a second time with a friend who was who was doing it for the first time, and yeah, it's it's really rewatchable. Great, oh, yeah. great yeah. show, great yeah. show. It's interesting, Nick, that you would say that you don't, um, you haven't like changed your viewing or what you've chosen to view uh, as a result of the coronavirus. Like, I, I've had an almost exact opposite experience. I'll be like, oh, look, I'm sitting home, I'm, I'm ha- talking to all these people that are like really pulling their hair out over this, and I've really started like, I, I feel like every time I cho- choose a movie, I start like really heavily analyzing why I chose it. Like, so the first one I chose, I think, was a week and a half ago. I chose Shaun of the Dead, and I was like. I, you know, I think it's probably just because I felt like I wanted to watch a, a, like a, a lighthearted view of like a, a normal person bumbling through like an epidemic and um, like, you know, hugely satisfying. Great movie. I, I hadn't seen it in years, so I'd forgotten just how like I think inspired the the Senate, like the, the writing and screenplay was. So I really loved it. Mm. And then after that, it was like the thing because I felt like I was witnessing all my family members like having really like... Um, social isolation induced like paranoia and stuff like that so i felt really drawn to like i just wanted to watch something really cathartic and out- outrageous like the thing um which was really fun and then you know it was just other things like that i don't know just i just kept going on it was really it was really funny but i don't know like i just i couldn't i couldn't help but want to start watching all these random things that i feel like i don't know were probably part of my like train of thought uh, as a result of this like crazy crazy yeah event. i think definitely uh, uh and i'm sure there's a historical study on this but probably during times of crisis people turn to um certain types of media over the kinds of stuff they might have consumed when things were a little easier um i mean i i definitely have found myself sort of vetoing depressing movies or like i mean i, I just cannot bring myself to watch bojack horseman right now <laughs> like, oh man oh, <laughs> that last season is a killer like it is just yeah woof. i just I, I i started watching it a few months ago and and i was already feeling like oh man you really just have to be in the right frame of mind to watch oh, this yeah but Every, right now it's oh, just not the time no, for it i think you can't um, do it right now it's too hard <laughs> and i think something like outbreak although it is um about something really scary it's not i mean it's 
It's a. It's pretty farcical. It's Hollywood fluff, really. Yeah, it is. Um, in the best kind of way. Um, so we really, really enjoyed watching that. I think in terms of like, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's consciously affected my viewing habits, but I have noticed that like the stuff that we do choose, the elements of it that are, I, I see elements of movies now that I maybe wouldn't have like. So we we watched uh, we watched Hobbs and Shaw the other night, and the whole movie is about. Uh, a cybernetic super soldier trying to steal a a virus from. It's a lot of virus things, isn't there? Like, yeah, and it's like a lot know, of the James virus Bond has the potential to, yeah. to to wipe out humanity or something. Yeah. I, fuck, I mean, I stopped paying attention after the first <laughs> couple of minutes, but it was sort of it was sort of funny. There was like all this talk all the way through it about the virus and about oh the world's never going to be the same and all this stuff, and he's like, oh, it's funny like funny parallels with you know and then there's you know outbreak obviously has some some parallels and mm. um so there are there's elements um of the things that we're watching that I guess you you see in a new light yeah um we 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 did I mean we watched the first couple of episodes of last man on earth yes oh, yeah. um because that seemed pretty relevant um but that's just that's just a good lighthearted comedy that's I mean that talking about things to to return to that is a um, Mm. Actually, now that you mention it, Charles, I'm just looking at my my list of movies that we watched recently, and the last the last movie we watched was The Dead Don't Die. Oh, um, yeah, the Jim Jamash, which which is that was that good in the end? It, oh, I mean, I, I hate it. Oh. It's just but, Jim Jim Jamash just grabbing his mates and just making a movie. Honestly, I, I would find it so hard to recommend to anyone. It like. I was talking to a friend about it, and he and he, I think he nailed it when he said the, the plot meanders but goes nowhere, and it's so it's so accurate. Like it just, it nothing happens, and it almost seems like that's the point of it is that he's trying to like subvert the conventions of narrative yeah. by having nothing happen. Um, but it's just frustrating. It's a frustrating watch. Like he sets up. There's so many characters in it. It's like an ensemble cast. Where where a lot of the characters like don't even ever meet, um, so it's just about like I think it's like six or so different groups of people in this small town dealing with a zombie outbreak differently, and some of them meet up with each other and some of them don't. And uh, but but none of the plots go anywhere. No one has a story arc. No one has a character arc. Mm. Tilda Swinton like her character is just you think she's being set up to be some kind of like she's she's going to be the, either the cause or that she's going to explain what's happening. There's nothing like that. She literally gets spoiler alert for anyone who actually wants to see it. Like she, she literally gets abducted by aliens um, <laughs> around the around Act Three some at some point, and you just don't see her again for the for the, for the last fifteen or so minutes of the movie. Um, okay, um, there's no payoff. <laughs> there's no payoff at all. That's weird. No, nothing makes sense. Nothing happens for any particular reason. It's just annoying. It looks interesting. And soundtrack's cool, yeah. Um, but it it is just a frustrating, frustrating watch, and I couldn't, I would never recommend it. So, <laughs> and I love zombie movies. For the record, like I, I would love to do just an episode on zombie movies because, like, I could talk for I could talk for days about them. This I just could not recommend. I'd rather watch something like Prevent Return of the Living Dead Part Two or something. You know, like just it's t- yeah. On the topic of zombie movies, because I mean, I went to Shaun of the Dead as well, and I, I actually um. And and I watched Evil Dead if you count that as a zombie movie, and I kind of um am re going to start rewatching a few. Like, what is your favorite, Nick? Having watched so many, um, Shaun of the Dead's a, a great one. I I really um 
I really dig the. I actually really dig the Dawn of the Dead remake from oh, 2004. Yeah, as well. that's probably like the only yeah, remake um, that's good. Like a remake of a zombie yeah, film. It yeah, definitely subverts the, the normal expectations. It's quite good. Within that first yeah, five five yeah. minutes, it subverts everything you know about a zombie film and goes, "Oh, these zombies can run." All right, that's a good idea. Let's yeah, just yeah. keep playing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it, my my answer would be would honestly be pretty boring because my third one would be Twenty Eight Days Later, and I, like I'm pretty <laughs> sure that anyone my age would probably give you the same answer. <laughs> um, but I mean, the, you can't go past those three. That they they are sort of the three movies that in like started my mm. love of zomb- of that sub- mm. particular subgenre and um. Yeah, you really, you can't go wrong with those three, I think. I think Dawn of the what I really like about the Dawn of the Dead remake uh, that really resonated with me was especially that um, my experience was that the original Dawn of the Dead wasn't actually that good. It's really, it's really like revered among zombie fans, but I just didn't actually enjoy it. I found myself really confused by it. And I don't know, I just think that the remake is so much better. I know they're, I know they're fundamentally different movies and one's kind of actually kind of kooky and the, and the remake's quite serious. But once really of its time. Yeah, I I couldn't. Exactly. Yeah, Akon's right. They're they're very much of their time and they, they, a lot of the aspects of, I think particularly Dawn and Day haven't aged very well. Um, oh, but I love Day of the well, Dead. Dawn, I think Day's actually aged I think Day of the Dead is one of my favourite zombie yeah. movies. I think it's fantastic. Day of the Dead maybe has aged not as poorly, but Dawn of the Dead, um, I think both of them, like, I, Dawn of the Dead has such a kooky soundtrack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all over the And, shop. like, a lot, of the, yeah. a lot of the scenes are, like, super comedic in nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's hard to tell whether it's on purpose or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the concept of the movie is is like flawless. Like it is such a such a great idea and such a great script. I think um, it's just really. I think the direction and the the soundtrack and the editing um, are very much a, a, of its time. Um, and I think maybe that's why the remake works so well. Yeah, I I think it's actually worth remembering that the Dawn of the Dead was done in the seventies. It's quite an old movie. Whereas Day of the Dead, to me, all I can yeah. remember I can remember the soundtrack, the production value. It is such an like an 80s movie and um and especially on the budget they had i think it's done so well and so many of the concepts they brought in i reckon are really classic zombie concepts like mm. having barb and the scientist versus military and the bunker like all of that stuff i thought was great yeah it's it almost seems mm. like that that day of the dead could be written today and it wouldn't seem out of place at all i think a lot like a lot of zombie a lot of modern zombie movies um have like a bub character in, like, have you noticed like a lot of a lot of the movies, particularly in the last ten years? So not that not that. Um, I, I mean, I'd call it a first. It's not a first wave, but for me, it was the first wave of zombie, new zombie movies during the two thousands um, were of a particular kind, where it was about society falling apart. Whereas yep. from the from in the twenty tens, it seems like there, there are a bunch more movies like Cold Bodies and uh, oh, is it called Warm Bodies? Warm Bodies, um, yeah, Warm Bodies. Yeah, bodies, yeah, you know, uh, ones that are about like either zombies coming back to being like becoming humans again, or people developing relationships with zombies. Like there was, a, there seemed to be a lot of that. I mean, that even George A. Romero had Land of the Dead. Remember, it that had like a sentient zombie who could like gather the hordes and talk and stuff like that. Is is that what you kind of mean? Like yeah. ones where oh, like yeah, they break the convention it's... by having either smart zombies or yeah, it's it's more yeah. of a more of a I guess like individual look at um like a, more the personal uh the personal angle of like a zombie yeah virus like a zombie outbreak whereas like a lot of the 
I guess a lot of the like you have 28 days later and dawn of the dead and that sort of thing they were less focused on like how zombies affect like the individual who's like either becoming the zombie or the person who has to deal with the zombie and a lot of it was more like mm. how does society as a whole deal with an outbreak and it, and it, it was obviously a lot of social commentary um about like there was cl- like issues of classism and and racism and that sort of thing but I think after that first wave, it seemed to be people were more interested in the personal angle of it and how it affects the individual. Yeah, right. Yeah. Even even 28 Weeks Later, I think, had a, had a shift towards that as well. If you think about how they, they, they dealt with the idea of having an immunity and, I don't know, the, I mean, the whole family had, had, yeah. had some sort of immunity and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's, al- there's always, I mean, you, you have to have, yeah, I mean, there's always characters d- dealing with it on a personal level. But I guess what, what I'm saying is that um, it was more of a, a look into the mind of the individual dealing with the disease Mm. and like a character like bub is like an example of that where it's like they you spend the whole movie with one zombie character like they're they're almost characterized like the zombies are um individualized it it, which seems counterintuitive because the whole genre is about like like sheep mentality like like flocking like people acting as acting in really awful ways on a societal level and like the zombie horde is kind of like a mirror of that whereas we take a character like bub and it's like oh this hang on a sec like we're actually getting to know one zombie over the course of like two hours which is kind of seemed seemed odd to me and it was never something that like appealed to me about the genre but i feel like we got a lot of those movies in the 2010s What movie are you most disappointed is not coming out anymore? Because <laughs> there are quite a few ones that I was actually kind of looking forward to. And I actually missed out on watching The Invisible Man. It's just the cinemas got cancelled just before I got a chance to do it. So I oh. feel like I'm... Oh. You're missing out, bro. Oh, it's, it's, it's on YouTube. What? Yeah, you can rent it. You can rent it. Oh, you, wait, you can buy it? Oh, brilliant. All right. Yeah, I mean, rent it. Yeah, you should watch it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, that was the last thing I got to see before it all shut down. Oh, really? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you actually got to see it in the cinema. Yeah, it was really good. That was was that it? Was... was the cinema like really busy? No, it was pretty empty. <laughs> it was probably like. Is the... that because of the movie or because of the coronavirus? Uh, I don't know. Like the shopping center I went to was like still kind of busy. Oh yeah. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, maybe but... maybe it wasn't empty, but everyone else who went to see the movie was also an invisible man. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I did sit on somebody's lap. And I... yeah. <laughs> Did they ask you to move or? <laughs> no, no, no. They still let me sit there. It was good. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty oh long. My God. <laughs> I was really, really looking oh forward to seeing uh, Starship Troopers because oh. um, they were doing a screening of that at the Hayden Orpheum oh, awesome. in Sydney. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. And um, yeah, it was meant to be two days ago. Oh, and um, it got cancelled. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. Um, I think I've still got it on DVD, so I could just watch it here. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. No, I think it would have been a really cool cinema experience. Um, so, yeah, that was a, sh- that yeah. was a shame. Actually, you saw that, Nick, didn't you? You saw that in the cinema when you were a kid. Yes, yeah, yeah, when I, when I was seven years old. I'm so <laughs> envious. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm so jealous. That was some... You've talked about that on the podcast before. Right, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Definitely some responsible parenting there, but yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see it as an adult with a bunch of people who presumably are also big fans of it. I mean, I, I don't know what the demographics are for those kinds of screenings, like retro screenings. Like, are they mostly people who are fans of it who 
maybe didn't it's a great get the cinema experience. When's the last time I saw yeah. one of those? Well, no, well, Charlie, you and me went to see The Shining last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the crowd like? Was it? Yeah. Did you, yeah. Do you think it was mostly people who hadn't it seen it before? Really or do you think it was mostly people it was, who had It was quite empty. No, I, th- I think it was fans. Empty. I think it was fans and it was kind of middle-aged. Yeah, oh, I would well, imagine When I say that. middle-aged, I mean... In their 30s and 40s. Yeah. I think. That's how I kind of recall the crowd yeah. of The Shining. Mm. And we... Uh, yeah. I think that's the only kind of vintage... Like, the only old movie I've seen in cinemas lately. Yeah. Yeah, like, I wouldn't call The Dark Knight. So I went and saw The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises at the cinema, like, last... No, not last year. The year before for, like, their 10-year anniversary thing. Oh, sweet. That would have been and cool. And it was... It was fun. It was cool, like, to see The Dark Knight, like, again on the big screen, like, and appreciate it, and sleep through The Dark Knight Rises, so. Uh, yeah. It's funny, that's, like, such a recent a recent film to get, like, a re-release at the cinema. Like, yeah. Know, usually, uh, you would think it's more of a, like, maybe maybe after 20 years. 20 years, oh, yeah. yeah. But, I don't know, it was a pretty big impact, like. Yeah. Oh, I think totally they kind of anyway. do anything now. They kind of show anything now that has a good, that has a strong fan base, you know, anything to mm. get. As long as they get... Bums and seats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I'm actually really bummed about is that the uh, I thought I thought that drive-in cinemas could have like really revolutionised how they how they um, how they run during this epidemic because it sounds like it seems to me that drive-in cinemas would be the perfect example of social so, social isolation um, and mm. being able to go to the cinemas. But unfortunately, like the one in Melbourne's closed. So um, yeah, it's it's that seems like a missed opportunity, doesn't it? I was I couldn't yeah. I couldn't describe how excited I was to go on their website and like be, just be like oh what movie's on I don't care what it is I'm going to see it it could be the fucking trolls movie for all I care and then for it to just have no like to just be completely closed yeah, yeah it really broke my heart yeah I think um that 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 would have been a really cool th- I, I can't I don't know if I've actually ever been to a, a drive-in but um the the concept of it really appeals to me I remember my parents used to tell me that they uh, when they first saw Jurassic Park they saw it at a drive-in and that was a really um, awesome experience, especially like with the T Rex breakout oh, scene. Cool. It was a really like visceral kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> way to watch that movie. Um, oh, it would be. There's so many like yeah. cars being attacked kind of action in yeah. that movie. Yeah, I feel like you. Mo- I feel like you remember movies really fondly when you have seen them at the driving because it's just like a really novel way to experience experience it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's such a shit movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think about how many. Um, how many shit movies aren't getting watched now because people aren't resorting to watching them on planes? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's like a whole... Yeah. Like, there are so many movies I've seen that I would never have watched unless I had no other choice but to watch them on a plane. Oh, my God, you are so those right. Movies, they're just... They're just not getting seen now. So. Yeah, like so, I'm not being I'm not being forced to watch the movie just out of boredom. Yeah, the same way people are forced to listen to us right now because they're all socially isolated. <laughs> There's no other reason they'd be listening. Um, <laughs> the yeah, yeah you have not. you have to you have to feel for the um, the editors who have to chop up um, masterpieces that have had billions of dollars or millions of dollars spent on them, only to be like chopped up and put on an airplane screen instead like scenes cut out and oh, yeah. different aspect ratio like someone's got to do that edit oh totally yeah you couldn't watch mad max fury road on like an airplane and be like Whoa. yeah like so, so actually i, I was <laughs> thinking about that last time i was on a plane and i was kind of thinking like what do like do they show airline disaster movies on plane like do, do they have a do they do they veto specific movies that might cause a certain kind of like anxiety i guess among people on a plane because mm. i've i've often like looked around i remember i watched um 
Um, I watched Ad Astra and like the first probably half an hour of that. And I was like, well, I guess it doesn't really qualify because he's like in space, but he falls through the atmosphere and things like that. Like he experiences yeah, he what does. I would describe yeah. as like a fairly traumatic event. Um, that's kind mm. of similar to what it might be like in an airline. Design. I don't know, but I just really, um, I want to say that I, wa- I feel like I watched flight on a plane, but I might just be misremembering that. <laughs> that that's seems like good- a, that one you <laughs> wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Akon, have you ever watched a... Can you think off the top of your head of... No, like, I'm not going to watch, like, a live, like, the cannibal plane film. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Thank God they're alive. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, um... I don't know. I just... I'm always thinking about, like... I, I, I Like, when I see movies like Ad Astra on there, and I kind of think, like, did they have to have a discussion over whether this was, like, too inappropriate or panic-inducing to put on too a plane. jarring too yeah because I think that's yeah. the last thing that yeah. airlines would want well actually speaking of um, we were just talking about James Bond like that's that the No Time to Die is not being released anymore yeah yeah they've pulled uh, that off Black Widow yep yeah, but like, yeah, they've lost a lot of money on that. Oh, so. really? Uh, yeah. Oh, because they've already done well, the, yeah, because the marketing, right? Is they've that... done the marketing and they've had to pull it back. So, wow, geez, how much is marketing? Marketing's like another 50 million. Shit. So. I, I always yeah. worry about the James Bond franchise. Oh, really? Well, like, I'm pretty sure it was It was only after Quantum of Solace that they, they um, I'm pretty sure they went into limbo. I, I thought they, I thought Eon Productions had to get sold off or something. Something happens where, like, yeah, I remember where James Bond. That. I think it was James Bond twenty three was like in doubt, and um, mm. yeah, I don't know. I sometimes I just worry that you know it's just going to fall apart. Yeesh. So, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully they didn't lose like too much money. <laughs> well, this is the last Craig one, so who knows? They might wait. They're probably already... Oh, who knows, though? I, 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 I mean, you can find an article that says anything, but I read an article that was saying actually he's reconsidering now as well. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer because I was looking forward to that. But, um, I mean, I, I, fuck, can't, they just re- can't they just release movies on streaming platforms for this year? Yeah, like... I don't know. I mean, how much, how much, like, how much is the actual box office worth Oof. compared to video-on-demand, like, rentals, buying, like, DVD sales, that sort of thing? Like, surely... Netflix doesn't release its numbers, so it won't let you know. It has to, it has to buy it outright. So let's just say the f- opening weekend of James Bond, geez, what, does it normally come out at, like, 100 million? Not even that, 50 million? Let's just say fifty million. Fifty million for a weekend—that is a low ball. So Netflix would have to pay, or Amazon, or whoever would have to pay fifty million straight up. Fuck, that is a lot of cash straight up. <laughs> I'm not streaming any movie. The internet here is shit house. Like it's fucking atrocious. Oh. <laughs> like everything is pixelated. Oh. It's down to like four eighty sometimes. Like I can't see shit. I'm just gonna pause it. How do you survive? Uh, so in we mostly just go off our phones. Like just hotspot it off our phone. Oh shit! And at yeah, least okay. gets a bit better. Yeah, but still like. Yeah, well, apparently, um, Netflix and uh, the other stream streaming services have lowered their bit rate. Mm. Um, oh, to and help, YouTube as well. Help everyone get a bit. Yeah, just to help with the the help extra the demand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you you probably that maybe is something to do with it. 
Uh, maybe you also just have shit internet, but um, yeah, yeah, shit internet. <laughs> it's mostly shit internet. Yeah, oh, everyone should be experiencing a bit of a quality dip at this point. Mm. Man, yeah, that's rough. Sucks. I mean, when we talk about what we're going to do over the next week, and I'm like, well, I really don't know. I think I'll just sit and watch Netflix. I have an idea. I have an idea for how they can, uh, just going back briefly to that, um, being paralyzed by by too much choice. Yeah. I really think Netflix needs, you need to be able to sort your list by genre or director or cast or year. Like there's no, you can't sort your list out. The only way to sort your list is by movie or TV show at this point. Mm. So if you go to the TV section and then go to my list, it'll only show you the TV shows on your list. But the fact that you can't sort it further than that is mind-boggling to me because sometimes I want to go like, okay, I want to watch an action movie, but I want to watch one. I know I've got a bunch on my list, so I might as well watch one of the ones on my list. It's been on there for six months. But you can't just see the action movies on your list. That's just not something that they offer. The other thing I think they need to offer, and I think this yes. would tie in really well... Yeah, it's, it's a real shame you can't curate it. To, um, yeah, exactly. I think there needs to be better curation options. And also, I think um, the new House Party uh, um, feature they have, I haven't actually tried it yet, but yep. I think along with that, a really great feature would be if you like invite other uh, friends' accounts to a, session, to a party or a session... You get suggestions based on your viewing, everyone's viewing histories that excludes if one person has seen a title, that title won't be shown. So you only get recommendations for movies that no one has seen. Right. And I think that would be like really help with like, it would be so easy if you had like the three of us and we're like, well, we want to watch a movie, but I don't want to watch one I've seen before. You guys probably don't either. And we know we want to watch something from the 80s. Mm. Well, all of a sudden, here is every Netflix title for, that was made in the '80s that none of us have seen before. Yeah, like that would be a really helpful feature, and it seems like something that would be really easy to implement as well. Yeah, my two cents. If anyone's from Netflix <laughs> is listening, <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Like movie curation, and also the ability, like a, a more streamlined ability to watch movies with friends you know over over long distance is is something that um i think is really unrefined at the moment but who by the time this ends like there's every chance i guess that they'll have refined it at just purely out of demand and and, and necessity so fingers crossed watch this space yeah. I, I would i would reckon yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it's probably i think it's going to be a different world after all this and one of one of the i guess interesting things that might be affected is yeah how we how we in general how we communicate I mean, I, yeah, I know I've been like video chatting with people every day. Yeah. Um, so like how that could be, better be integrated into, you know, watching movies together, I think. And obviously Netflix is experimenting with that right now. Maybe we should all try that for our next episode and oh, totally. come back and do a bit of a review on the Netflix house party oh, that'd feature. Be yeah. Is it called house? Am I calling it right? Is that, um, is that what it I've is? never even heard of it, to anyway. be honest. I don't know. So, so is, that, is that a Netflix plugin or something? Is that what... It's some it's some kind of chat thing. Yeah, it's I think it's a Chrome yeah, okay, plugin. Yeah. So um, I, I have I've yeah. used I've used one like that really recently, uh, about a, a week ago. Look, it was pretty good. I think what I would do in the future is I would get the house party going just as a way to sync up 
what you're watching together and then actually do like a an audio chat the way we're doing right now like yeah. i think that's the best way because it's fun to it's fun to listen to it with your friends and then chat in person rather than type on a chat bar the chat bar is not ideal it's less personal definitely yeah the problem with that is um is and you've probably found like everyone has to be wearing headphones yes yeah right otherwise you get like really significant audio bleed through the mics yeah yeah. Um, mm. And that's fine if you're if you're if everyone's by themselves. But if you're with other people in your house watching something, try, and you're trying to watch it with other people remotely, like if you and your partner or whatever is is watching a movie with another friend and their partner, um, you can't all be wearing headphones. It's not really practical because most people can't don't have their TV set up, so you can have multiple pairs of headphones coming out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like what we what I've done in the past is um just if you sync up the movies so that they are literally playing like frame specific so that even if you do get audio bleed through from the other person you're just hearing the exact same thing that you're hearing from the TV and it's usually only during the really loud bits so it's not that noticeable it doesn't really bother me but it's yeah it needs to be better it's too janky to set up and you know every time you have, you want to pause it the other person has to pause as well and i'm, I'm guessing netflix's new feature like uh the the chrome extension probably fixes that to yeah. an extent but yeah if there could be some kind of like audio cancellation thing where it doesn't let like it de- detects like the audio the soundtrack from the movie and doesn't transmit that through the microphone or so, i don't know there's gotta be a better way to do it i know i know Look, uh, it's never been needed more uh, than than right now. I think that's what's really becoming so apparent. Like, it was always such a weird fallback that people wouldn't bother. It's like, oh, I'll just watch the Netflix thing myself and chat to someone afterwards. But it's really becoming yeah. like such a different thing now where you're like, well, I really actually want I want this to work. I will, I'll go through, I'll wear you the headphones. You want to hear like, yeah, you, you want to hear like other people's reactions in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I want to hear you like, I don't know if like there's a jump scare or something. I want to hear you scream. <laughs> That's a very specific example. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think about you screaming a lot. <laughs> I want to hear Akon's like awkwardness when he sits on the invisible person in the movie theater. That's true. <laughs> I want to hear him bumbling around, being like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Like, oh man. No, it's look. Things are different. Things are going to be changing, but um. Yeah, actually, maybe we should make a maybe we should make a pledge to all watch something together and give that uh, Netflix thing a try. Yeah, sync to Netflix, have a voice chat going, um, then we can give it a good old review and see uh, if anyone um, see if we can offer some advice or tips for anyone who's looking to do the same thing mm. on this podcast. Yeah. If only there was an easy way for us to figure out what movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be arguing about that. Nick, you got to patent that, you know. Like you got to, you got to patent it. Get, get, call it something. You got to call it something good, like the Nick sorter or something. Nick, you know, you got to. No, they can have, they can have it for free as long as they give me a, like free Netflix subscription <laughs> or something. That'd be good. Yeah, and and for all your friends, so you can like you can beta, you can beta test it, you know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, they can pay. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> 
it has been a while since our last episode of the After Credibles. So, in the interest of getting off our chest our favorite movies of 2019, now is our best time to do it because I don't think we even had uh, an After Credibles episode last year. So, Akon, what was your favorite movies or movies of 2019? Uh, okay, so last year is when I moved down to Nippy. I was close to you, so we actually got to see a few movies together for a change, Charlie. Yes. So that was good. Yeah, it was great. So, like, out of the ones that we saw together, nothing really stood out, to be honest. Mm. Like... Yeah, I've already... You know what? I've already forgotten whatever we watched together. Like... <laughs> I've completely forgotten. Um, but I... There was three movies that really stuck out. Like, stuck out. Stuck out. Stuck out's a word, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, totally thing. Stuck it. Yeah, stuck it. It is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. now, yeah. You got it. It's in a lexicon. Um, I caught Parasite, I think, at the start of this year, which is really good. It's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, caught Parasite this year. Wait, yeah. what? Caught Parasite. <laughs> caught Parasite. Um, I, got, I saw Knives Out, which is also pretty, really fun. Uh, Booksmart. Booksmart, that was like a really, really, really good comedy, like a good throwback that hasn't been done before for a long time. Not since like, since like Superbad. And The Farewell. They were probably like the ones that really stood out last year. Very nice. Excellent. Well, very I didn't see of... any of those. Yeah, that's the thing. Not many people did. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Knives Out and Parasite are on my list for sure. Yeah, Knives Out. Nick, you would get a good kick out of Knives Out. And yeah, same with you guys. Yeah. Definitely get a kick out of Knives Out. Yeah. Uh, Nick, how about you? Um, my my favourite uh, cinema experience last year was Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that was... Yeah. Um, I saw it at the Hayden. Uh, David and Margaret uh, did an intro for it, uh, which was That's really nice. cool. And did they um, argue about it? Yeah, <laughs> they no, they were in a. I think they probably were contractually obliged to um, to both uh, just give rave reviews before the movie. Um, they obviously no, didn't give much away, but yeah, um, but they they yeah they classically disagreed about a few of their other because they they basically because I don't think they'd done. The show in it's been a few years now. Yeah, it's and been a while. I th- they retired ages ago. Yeah, they've probably done some a few odd you know events or whatever like like this one. But they basically did like well over the last five years like what what movies have you seen? Kind of like what we're doing now since our last episode. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they kind of had to do a bit of a recap, and um, so it was funny hearing them rush through and they both they ran out of time. They couldn't get through all the movies they wanted to talk about. But um, <laughs> yeah, Jojo Rabbit was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much I can say about it, but it was just a really fun. Uh, I laughed, I cried. It was yeah, I um, cried too. Yeah, that got me good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was just a really different, refreshing uh, kind of experience, and it was a great one to see at, at the cinema with a bunch of people who also really appreciated it. So, and it's good to see more more talent coming out of somewhere other than other than uh, Hollywood. So, yeah, totally yes. great choice. It's a good one. Yeah, my 2019 was like, I'm pretty sure I started 2019 by being like, uh, I'm going to save my money and, and really try to go to the cinemas less. I'm going to stay away from franchises and sequels. And I don't know what happened to that because you know, <laughs> suddenly it was like Spider-Man, Avengers Endgame. Charlie, that's all we saw. <laughs> Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. I know it was, a, it was like, it just fell to a complete shamble. So, so somewhere along the line, like I watched a bunch of sequels and also missed a bunch of hu- like huge movies anyway. So it was a bit of a... Um, it was a bit of a bleak year for me. 
<laughs> I um I I probably remember more movies that I didn't really love very much. Um, I didn't love Joker. I didn't love Toy Story Four. Um, I just I don't know, and and a few others like Spider Man Two was pretty good. Um, I didn't like Star Wars. I just I don't know. It just uh, it wasn't just like the I, I I I there weren't many movies that year that really jumped out at me. But um, but one that I really did love, I think, is probably my movie of the year was Yesterday. Like I still I still can't I still can't really stop being emotional about like the experience that I kind of had watching that movie and I don't know what I don't know whether it was the context like I'm pretty sure I only watched it on a plane um I didn't watch it in the cinema or anything but like I wasn't really expecting a whole lot though I do love Danny Boyle but um I do really enjoy movies like that and you know that Groundhog Day thing of like let's take like a really weird concept and just go with it in like a really you know wild but also human direction like what would happen if you just started with this concept and kept going of um you know, everyone in the world not knowing who the Beatles are, except you. And um, like just sort of taking taking it to its logical sort of conclusion. Or, yeah, yeah, you know. and just seeing how it can also spiral yeah. out of control, and how how yeah. someone might how someone might respond to receiving that power. I thought was really good. Um, mm. But yeah, like it was. It, I found it really like uh, palpable emotionally. Um, and I just, I you know, I cried a lot during the movie, and and for the first for the next few weeks afterwards, I really like I would think about some of the moments in that movie, and I'd just be like. I don't know. I'd get really get really weepy, and I really enjoyed listening to the Beatles for the next few months afterwards. So definitely affected me the most uh, out of any other movie that year. So for me, yesterday, yeah. But that was good. Thanks, guys. So to reiterate, um, well, Alex, yours were Parasite, Knives Out, uh, and yesterday. No, no, yesterday. Farewell. <laughs> yesterday. Farewell. Farewell. Yes. I'm trying to like trying to force book- force it on you. Yeah, and book smart. <laughs> and book smart. Yeah. Yeah, and yours was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I could, t- I could, like you, I could tell you, I could tell you a bunch that I hated. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the easy part, right? Yeah, I actually, oh, I got, yeah, on my list. I actually really like Joker, so you can chuck Joker in there. Yeah, I, I like Joker. I liked uh, Jojo Rabbit, and yeah, um, that's fair enough. What was the other one you said you hated, Charlie? Because uh, um, I think I liked another Star one that Wars? you said you didn't like. Star no, Wars, I hated Star that. Wars, uh, Joker, and uh, I think um, Toy Story Four was the other one. Um, oh, I like Toy Story Four. I watched that um, like a couple of days ago on Disney Plus, and uh, yeah, I got to really, watch that. I really liked it. That's on the list. Yeah. Well, I, I'll I be keen to hear the, what you yeah, think. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm on. I'm on board for for more sequels to that. I I, uh, I I really thought of why would you do another one after three? It seemed to really round it off nicely. But no, I'm on board. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Brilliant, guys. Yeah. All right. So Let's wrap it up. it's about time we wrap. Yeah, <laughs> it's about time we wrap this up. Thank you for listening to our first social isolation episode with the After Credibles, your least credible movie podcast. And thanks to our presenters, Alex and Nick. Thanks for yeah. having me, Charlie. That's right, man. Always a pleasure. If you like the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or send us some feedback. We are on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and all of your other podcast platforms. Please rate and review us, and remember to tune in soon for more movie discussion. This is Alex, Charlie, and Nick signing out. Enjoy your social isolation, and thanks again for listening to the After Credibles.